podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. to the 5-Year Plan Podcast. Hey, <laughs> I'm always late. I'm always late. Yay. Sorry. But you're here. That's the main thing. Um, it's pod 351. And uh, on this week, we'll be reviewing Palace's two undefeats at Selhurst to Everton. Everton. Oh, very yeah, good. Thank you. Um, part one, we're talking about... You've had that many days to come up with a catch line. That's the one that you managed. Is that ev- I was actually disappointed Everton. I didn't think about that earlier in the week, actually. So, oh, my um, gosh. Anyway, look, the pod will be in three parts this week. Part one, we're talking about the Everton game and VAR mostly, I'd imagine. Part two is your questions. And part three is a preview of the Chelsea game on Saturday. Joining me this week is Andy Street. Hello to you. Hi, JD. How are you? Very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good indeed, because James Endicott is also here. How are you? <laughs> is that the reason why you're good? Of course, always. <laughs> I'm fantastic, actually. It's really good to see you. Ah, oh, such a lovely guy. Really good to see you. And joining us this week, a man who has become one of our most requested pod guests. Oh, wow. wow. So we are delighted to welcome back the legend that is Troy Townsend. Hello to you. Oh, wow. I'm taking that. I'm absolutely loving that. I really appreciate it. So I hope I don't let the listeners down today then, if that's the case. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. Um, delighted to see three beautiful faces in front of me and can't wait for the chat. Oh, you can come on again. Have you got a different picture? <laughs> I think your screen's broken, Troy. Get IT support in immediately. Right. They're actually working on my screen as I speak. So yeah. He'll be, re- by the end of it, it could be totally He'll be reviewing that yeah. statement later on in the podcast. Um, lads, uh, right, I think we'd all agree that we would put our mortgage on Kevin Friend changing his mind and giving a ridiculous penalty after viewing the VAR monitor. And speaking of mortgages, we're delighted this week to be sponsored again by Eternity Home Finance, a Croydon-based, palace-supporting, family-run mortgage and protection advisors. For a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages and property portfolios, email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Uh, right, let's. That have... was so seamless. That was like product placement. It's like when James Bond picks up a Heineken and <laughs> sips from it and puts it back down, and it's just gone in subliminally. Yeah, I didn't even know that you're advertising. Andy, I was gonna exactly say this. It was so seamless. <laughs> it's almost like he's done this before. Yeah, yeah. it really is so good. <laughs> and I've always said that I was the James Bond of the podcast world, so it's good to have that confirmed by Andy. Uh, guys, can I get a drum roll for a random patron, please? 
Beautiful. Ian Barnes. Oh, hi, Barnesy. Barnesy. Hello, Ian. (laughs) Thank you for joining our patron. And you can join our patron and get all the rewards that entails, including the post-match podcast, patron-only merch, and access to the patron-only WhatsApp club at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. And before we crack on with part one, just a quick mention that we are doing the Palace for Life Marathon March next Saturday. Andy, it's come around. Oh, is it that soon? It's come around very quickly. Oh, it? my goodness. <laughs> Next Saturday. You've been training for it, Andy, yeah? <laughs> oh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I walked to the shop the other day, so, yeah, that, yeah that's enough, isn't it? Yeah, I'd just be doing that again about 400 It's at the times. end of my road. It's fine. <laughs> so, anyway. Enthusiasm, enthusiasm, <laughs> enthusiasm, yeah? It's, well, it's, it's, it's going to break us, but it is for a wonderful cause. It is. It is indeed. And I'd like to remind our listeners uh, that we do have a donation link. Uh, And I know at the moment, and Kevin said this last week, that uh, situations are not brilliant for a lot of people. So if you if you can't donate, obviously don't feel you have to. If you can, then your donations would be most welcomed by us and the Palace for Life Foundation, who do fantastic work in the local community around Palace. And our link is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash FYP hyphen podcast hyphen 2020. Uh, remember right. that yeah, it's, it's a catchy one <laughs> it's really catchy yeah. go to our website slash socials and it's that's easy it's probably easier probably yeah easier. that's the easiest thing to do right shall we talk about VAR lads because it's only been seven days since we last talked about it let's talk about it again if actually no before we do actually Troy let's before we talk about VAR because obviously we've got a lot of questions about it let's just talk about that Palace performance against Everton because uh, it, it was a 2-1 defeat but Palace I thought played very well in that game against the, one of the strongest teams that have started this season. And, they, you know, they've spent a lot of money, been very fantastic. We lost to a dodgy penalty, which, of course, we'll talk about at length in a minute. But in general, third game of the season, it was another positive performance from Palace, wasn't it? So in this section, you don't want me to talk penalties at the moment, <laughs> handballs, yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, anyone that's watched the... I'm trying to put three 90s together at the moment. It's 270, isn't it? <laughs> Everyone that's watched the 270 plus minutes so far of, of football from Crystal Palace um, cannot be disappointed. Uh, yes, the Southampton game was uh, not the greatest spectacle, to be totally honest, but we got the three points. We got the job done. Old Trafford was amazing as it's all of a sudden becoming. Um, and I'm, I'm always disappointed that you never get me on after a victory, but we won't discuss that on here. Um, but there were so many positives out of the Everton performance, so many positives. If you review the game again, if you, you overlook it, um, Everton were very good, but so were Crystal yeah. Palace. You know, they cut us open in one moment of brilliance where, you know, young Tyreek will, will learn from that experience of being, of switching off for a split second, um, Gaeta could have done better yeah. with what I thought was a, a rather tame effort at goal, to be totally honest. But I don't want that to hide the fact that, you know, we, we went on the front foot, which is, you know, it's not often at home, is it? But we went on the front foot. Um, we got a deserved equaliser. We kept the pressure on. I thought the second half, we were very good. You know, after the incident, our reaction to the incident that we're going to talk about was everything that you'd want from a football team that feels... You know that justice hasn't been served, and and you know we applied pressure in the second half, and people will say, well, there weren't a lot of chances, were there? But we're talking about two very good football teams here, and Everton are a good football side, so we have to respect that first and foremost. But we pinned them back, 
you know, I'm just thinking of Coyote's chance at the back post. If that goes in, I'm kind of thinking, do we go on and win the game? Because yeah. it could have knocked the stuffing out of them. And yeah, they had one or two half chances, um, you know, from set pieces. But I thought we were very, very good and quite rightly can be very disappointed and feel aggrieved because of what the winning goal was, you know. But overall, I think we've got to take the positives out of the performance in the way that the team played. And I, I really like the way we set up. I like the two max centre of the mm. park and that does mean that you know the club captain is not there but the two max that work in in such brilliant ways they allow what I will call a front four to go and express themselves in the way that we'd want them to um, whilst obviously the two wide boys come back and do what they need to do in front of their full backs but there's so much positivity around at the moment for me personally watching the games you know it, it makes it even more disappointing that we're not there in the stands you know shouting them, them <laughs> on because i think the impact of that on saturday mm. could have seen some wobbly moments for everton particularly as we were going towards the homestyle end you know yeah. but it, it's one of those things but we've learned to play with no crowd which we didn't do very well at the back end of project restart <laughs> i i should have asked you that question at the end of part one because that was such a lovely positive answer i feel like that would have been a good but you know what? <laughs> well you the listeners will never know the magic of broadcast they'll never know um you're right actually learn you use the word learning there quite a few times with, with tyrek and, and with with palace and the crowd enders it does feel actually that we have the palace team have learned a lot recently uh learned to react to not playing in front of no fans uh Learned to play this new system under Roy. Learned to uh, respond in games. Yeah. It, feels like, it does feel like this team is growing. It's growing a bit, doesn't it? It does, yeah, definitely. I mean, we did speak about this quite a lot last week after the Manchester United uh, victory. But, you know, it was a terrible end to last season. Not a great pre-season. But something's happening around the club that none of us can really put our finger on. But there seems to be real positivity. Um, now, maybe it's the one or two new signs that have come in. Maybe that's given everybody a real spring in their step. But there's some, you know, and even though we lost on Saturday, as Troy very eloquently said, you know, it was a very positive performance. So there just seems to be a very good feeling around the club at the moment. I think it's because we're playing well. We're playing well and we're leading our our best players, Wilf being one of them, you know, our, all these players are playing well and it feeds through everybody, you know, it feeds through the whole club. And it's just, it's... Um, it's an exciting time to be a Palace fan. Again, it's a shame we're not there. The the team are learning to play without the crowd there, but as are most teams, you know, mm. we, we're all in this position together. And I think yes, there's situations where uh, maybe at the week on Saturday when you know the the crowd could have got on Everton's back and could have really been the you know the extra man for Palace have gone on to get that that e- equalise and and maybe even win the game, but. There wasn't a crowd there. We know that. And, you know, this, it's a shame that the main talking points are usually VAR, which I know we're going to get onto. But I think overall, it was an, it was an exciting team. And again, the Mac lads, the as, Mac Troy, lads. As, as Troy said, you know, the Mac lads are just bossing at the moment. And they're just working so well together. And now, whether it's because they've known each other since they were 10, 11, 12, I don't know. But there's something going on there. And there seems to be, and I said it last week, the word I kept using last week was fluidity. And there seems to be a real fluidity yeah. when we're going forward. And just this crisscrossing and moving around, everybody seems up for it. Nobody seems frightened about moving forward. Yet there are people at the back who are willing to wait there for the, for the counters to come. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a good time to be a fan. Even though, Do you mind if I jump in yeah. there? Yeah, absolutely. JD, yeah. if you don't mind, just because obviously I didn't have the privilege of... Um, 
dissecting a, a victory, you know, at Old Trafford, and obviously James did. That's why he speaks about it so well. Um, Thank you, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> there is a massive amount of frustration for me personally around that United victory, and that's the way that the outside looks mm. in. You know, everything was about Man United. Everything was about how that always happens, were. Troy. That always happens. Yeah, I know, but it, can I say pisses me? Yes, off? Yes, you can. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It pisses me <laughs> off because. Everything that Jed, James said there about the fluidity about our performance, and we didn't just sit back. We we were on the front foot. We were creative in the first 25. We got our goal. We then managed to sit back because we can. We're allowed yeah. to. But the second half, again, was very progressive. And I, I just don't think, you know, on, on all these platforms, not these this platform, obviously, but we, we weren't given the the kind of the, the pat on the back that we deserved. And, and I'm just going to jump in and say about Roy and going into another season of massive, massive criticism during pre-season and the end of last season and how he just seems to shrug all that off and goes, you know, I've got a plan for this year and has put the plan in place. And if anyone is not enjoying watching Palace play football at the moment, then maybe you're not truly a Palace fan. I'd like to finish with that, if that's okay. Well, I think it's, 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 if you're not enjoying Palace at the moment, I don't know when you would. To be honest, because <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, I think this is this is as good as it's been for a long time on the pitch. Um, positivity, everything about it at the moment. Um, and in fact, just on the Roy thing, and I'm going to come on to uh, VAR now because I know that one of our pod members, the one who hasn't spoken yet, has done some research and has got laws of the game up in front of him and everything. This is Troy. This is unprecedented territory for us. We're in trouble, yeah, massively, in trouble. Massively. But as, I thought Roy spoke so perfectly oh. about the rule after the game. You know, every manager got asked about it and every manager pretty much condemned it, but Roy spoke about it as a manager who had just seen his team lose because of a ridiculous decision so perfectly. And then you had Jose, sorry, Jose, in his... In Jose, his, don't I know, sorry, Jose. yeah. Right. No, Have you not yeah, seen the yeah. series? Come on. Sorry, I know. Exactly. I know. <laughs> um, it's like, it's even used on the trailers, JD. I know, I know. I know. That's why I corrected myself. Um <laughs> We've got a question here from Rob Axel, and he said, it's nice to see Mr. Roy appreciated from Jose, referring him to our, <laughs> to our boss. And I thought that was very telling from Jose there as to how the other managers, and Jose arguably one of the most, well, one of the most famous managers in the world, the most successful. The way they all talk about Roy is so telling and the respect that he commands. And you, again, you can you can see why, because the way he talks so eloquently about difficult decisions like this. Um, so I just want to mention that there, because I think that also speaks volumes about Roy in general. Um but Andy, let's come on to to the um, the penalty, the the Wardy handball. Let me put a couple of. They're not even comments. What one? What, what, one? what one? The first one, the second. What one? The yeah. one that was the one that was given. <laughs> but I mean, we might. Right. I mean, to be fair, it's probably worth discussing both because I don't think there was much difference in both. But we'll see what Andy thinks. Look, we've had a question from Jimmy King at 1989. He just says, Hi, Jimmy. He just says VAR WTF question mark, and then Leaf Anderson's forehead. <laughs> said, actually, Troy, this is a ride that we actually have on Saturday because uh, Leif Anderson's forehead said exactly what Andros said after the decision, which was picked up very audibly <laughs> by the pitch side cameras. When he, Leif Anderson's put, the game's gone, discussed. And all we heard was, was Andros go, the game's gone. The game's f***ing gone. Did he really? Mate. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but no, uh, in that moment, though, Troy, no, in that uh, moment, he, 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 that is exactly what every fan watching. Andros was every Palace exactly. fan. Exactly. Well, yeah. And I knew it was him because the camera didn't go on him, first of all, and I could hear yeah. him. <laughs> you know, obviously, you've got this unique way of hearing your own yeah. son, obviously, particularly in an empty ground. And I could hear him shout, what? 
and then I heard the next, and I thought, I right. and then it panned to him, and I thought, I, I thought, good on yeah. you, son. You know what yeah. I mean? Good on you, because it, it, it's exactly what I would have been saying from the stand, and it's quite sure that exactly all of us were saying as we were sitting there perched watching Amazon replays over and over and over again while the live football was going on. But that, uh, let's not get into that. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, from a, it, when you think about it, and I know. Andy might come in and then absolutely screw with us. But you think of all the effort they, the lads put into that first half and it was a, a nip and tuck game. And for that to be the ultimate decision that cost us even a point, I, I, uh, the game's gone. <laughs> well, this the is, game's I, that's why I gone. thought it was such a perfect way to describe it because even the commentators, even the pundits, everyone's kind of agreeing with it. And Andy, we heard Chris Grierson tweeted, obviously Palace, from Palace TV reporter, um, he could hear the feed that the VARF was saying to Kevin Friend at the time. And he said, I recommend oh. that Ward's arm is in an unnatural position. Now, Andy... <laughs> No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, really? that's what Grio tweeted. I didn't know yep. that. Unnatural position, and I'm guessing that is why he's given it. How? Unnatural to who? <laughs> I don't know. A man with four arms. I'm sorry, I'm dominating the I podcast today. No, I'm no, sorry. it's fine. Un- no, unnatural to who? But this is the thing. This is what, this is what I'm guessing, that uh, it was the same for Eric Dyer on uh, that, that evening or next day, I'm guessing, was the same thing. when it, and He wasn't even looking at the board, which I thought was an even worse decision than the Joel Ward one. <laughs> And, and Andy's going to, again, I keep saying Andy's going to come in. If we I elect him, up. he will come in. <laughs> He's I'm gonna sure have to be he will, so yeah? good. But, all right, so the one that didn't get mentioned, that even the BBC didn't put on their highlights package, Calvert-Lewin, yep. who, for me, has done a, a natural football thing for players, which is draw your hands yep. in mm-hmm. to cut the ball as it drops. For me, how no one's picked up on that, I'll never know. That is unnatural, but it's natural for a player to do it. Yeah. So if you're just if you if stay with me, there's method in my madness. <laughs> so if if that is natural, then surely what Wardy has done, which is one to follow the flight. Yeah. You know, you can't follow the flight of the ball with your arms crossed. You can't follow it, follow the flight, see the player <laughs> Dina head it, and then actually turn around to see the direction that the ball was going to go in. You tell me what is unnatural about his hand being there. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, don't get me started anyway. Don't you mean you've already Sorry. started? <laughs> Actually, Andy, started. Troy has made a really interesting point there, which I'd not thought about, which is uh, na- unnatural or unnatural for a footballer. What are we, com- what is this unnatural thing that we're comparing? Because that's really interesting, actually. Anyway, Andy, the, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I, I, my, my view is that in order for rules, laws or whatever to be effective, they, they usually need two things at least. And those two things will be that they are capable of being easily understood by the people to whom they apply. And then secondly, that they have the buy-in of all the people to whom they apply, or at least the vast majority of them. And I think at the moment, no one clearly understands what is or isn't an unnatural position because as various people have alluded to, in order to balance yourself to defend in the way that Joe Ward was seeking to defend you need your arm by your side and nobody defends naturally or nobody seeks to balance their body naturally by having their arms rigid to their side in in that sort of manner. You you may see defenders eventually adapting and trying to defend like that, but that's not necessarily their natural manner that they would do things by way of reflex. So that'd be my first point. The second point would be clearly there isn't buy-in because the amount of uproar there's been amongst not 
you know, you, we're not talking about pun, shock jock pundits here. We're talking about highly respected, experienced coaches like Roy Hodgson who are extremely measured in their rhetoric yeah. and don't usually come out with outrageous things stating that he as a coach, one, doesn't buy into the manner in which it's being interpreted, but two, doesn't understand that rule, suggests that there's a real problem here. And when you look through Law 12, which is the relevant law, I mean, it, it, it doesn't give any guidance on what uh, unnaturally bigger means. Um, there's there's a different part of that test which says that if your arms above your shoulder level, that your hands above your shoulder level, that you might ha- end up with handball being given against you anyway. You see a lot of those now on the continent. And I think you'll probably see that going forward, the type of handball that Eric Dyer had given against him will be given more often than not. But when uh, when your hand is completely down by oh. your sides, I, I think that's just the way the game's going, unfortunately. We saw a lot of them at the World Cup in 2018. A lot of them are given on the continent. I think the view that is adopted by footballing authorities is that if you jump about with your arms up in the air, then the risk that you expose yourself to or the consequences that might flow from it are your own fault. Now, I completely accept that that might not be how we want that rule to be. You know, I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with that, but I think that's that's the way that 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 law is going. I I think that come six months from now, the type of handball that was given against Joel Ward will not be given because I think they'll come to the view that it's not unnatural to have your arms by your side, not that far from your torso. Yeah. But I think that they Only will continue. Six months is a long time, you know, and a lot of penalties. Yeah. It True. is a lot of penalties. Yeah, it is. I mean, you look at the rate of increase that there's been, there've been quite a few pieces on this in the press in the last few days, the rate of increase in the number given already this season, penalties generally and penalties by handball is way above usual seasons. Um, we were actually behind Europe because Germany and Italy were giving penalties like this all of last season. Yeah. And we were, we were the outliers and they saw a big uptick in the number of penalties they had over the course of the season, partially because the Eric Dyer type scenarios were being given. I quite understand why people who are supporters or coaches or players don't want those to be given. You know, what we would, as most fans think is that the handball rule in terms of the mischief it's seeking to address is where a player is seeking to get a clear advantage or is getting an advantage from handling the ball by something that they've done deliberately. And obviously the law talks about deliberate handballs and what Eric died in was very obviously not deliberate in terms of seeking to, to have the ball touch his hand. But I think that type of penalty, you will start seeing more and more. I would hope that at least in, in relation to Joel Ward type scenario, that, that, the referees take a look at it and go, look, we're supposed to be penalising unnatural body positions here or body positions where the hand is massively away from the torso and that wasn't that wasn't the case for Joel Ward. So, so those are just... Why was he given then? So, so why was he given? I think Kevin Friend got it wrong. I, I, I think... <laughs> it's he as simple as that. I, I think it's as simple as that, to be perfectly honest with you, in that particular instance. You look at it and on the way the, the rule is currently drafted and framed... If your hand is by your body in the way that Ward's was, so you can just to balance himself in a normal manner, that's not an unnatural position. And I, I really struggled to see why that was given. Well, Andy, let's be serious. He didn't get it wrong because he was advised to give the decision. So he was advised to give the decision. Now, there's two things there. What I would have liked to have seen was Kevin Friend show a little bit of bollocks as the person that was on the field of play and actually assess the situation and realise that actually... It wasn't unnatural. So go against the grain. Yep. If we're not going to have referees going against the grain, then it's never going to mm. change. I've heard today, oh, you know, the referees are in uproar, but they're in control. The person in VAR is in control. So you're in control of the destiny of so many people. Three points. And and what he did was go, oh, what, you think? Okay, all right, I'm going to go with it. So whereas 
the kind of the person in VAR, who was the VAR referee? I think it was Atkinson, Anthony. I think. Oh, Taylor. I thought it was Anthony Taylor. I, was, I know you're quite right. It is Anthony Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony was. Taylor, where he's gone, oh, I ain't making that decision. You make it. <laughs> he's influenced a decision by saying it's in an unnatural position. So as uh, what's his face, another referee is watching it, he's going, oh, he's told me it's in an unnatural yeah. position. So he's now looking at it as it's an unnatural position. Obviously, never kicked a ball. Obviously, never experienced that the whole how you play football and how your arms cannot be t- attached to your your thighs, and made this random decision. The Eric Dyer one is embarrassing because unless you're Peter Crouch, you cannot just jump up and down in a straight line like a bobber. You have to use your arms to elevate, which Eric Dyer did. He mistimed his jump. He's now coming back down from that mistime jump. He's not even looking at Andy Carroll. Carroll, poorly as he does, heads it directly at him. Bingo. It's 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 gonna make the game. And people are saying, "Oh, but like you said, Andy, they've been doing it in Germany and Italy. So what? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't care about Germany and Italy. Our allegiance is in England and our football clubs. And that decision and the uproar about it is is what makes our game." All of us, the technology is supposed to support the football on the pitch. Mm. But at the moment, it seems like the football is having to adapt to the technology. Absolutely. That's wrong. And, and, and I've said too much already. So do, that's do you know what the worst it. thing about the Anthony Taylor thing uh, was, is that when he messaged to uh, Kevin Friend on the pitch, he went, Tails here. I think, oh, come on, mate. You're not a footballer. <sighs> Don't use football in nicknames. Come on, that's, that's pushing it a little bit. Actually, on that point, Troy, we've got a question from Magic Cheese 72 Hello, Magic, who says, um, do, we feel, Magic. do we feel sorry for honest professionals being penalised for a ridiculous rule made made up by non-playing pen pushers? Do we think <laughs> after a run of games, these decisions will see the dark, unsportsmanlike attempts to stitch up oppositions aiming for hands uh, to get decisions from the spot? As always, love the pod. You mentioned it there as well. Like, I'm sure some of these refs have played football to a level. But do they have the understanding to judge what is unnatural and what isn't? You would hope that they would. You really would hope that they would. But what they're showing is that they don't. And what they're showing is that actually, if I'm a referee on that day, and God forbid anyone who, who, who's in a game that I referee, by the way, <laughs> if I'm a referee in that game, I have the knowledge to know what Joe Ward has done yeah. there. And I've also tracked the way that his body shape is. And I've tracked the way that he's looked behind, thinking that the ball has gone beyond him. <sighs> And has gone into Richarlison's path. Now, th- that image, that picture of Joe Ward, once it was, so once Andros is screaming, and that image of Joe Ward, who's uttered disbelief at the decision, is like, what else could I yeah. do? And that you've now judged me that I've handled the ball. And, uh, you know, I've seen all the comments. You get the Man United fans, well, you've benefited from one last week. No, we'll, listen, I don't even think any of us called for a penalty last week. <laughs> We didn't benefit from it, but ultimately Lindelof's arm was was much higher than it. Should. There you go. So that's the letter of the law. So you know we gratefully took a penalty. They gratefully gave us another chance. We gratefully took it again, and we gratefully smashed it into the back of the net. <laughs> well, the one last week, it was, the one last week, it was also this new rule. And probably one that if it, we'd conceded, and we said this on the podcast, that we'd have been frustrated. But it's a different situation to the Joel Ward one. Because as you say, the arm is in a different situation. And actually, um, Enders, 
Yeah. Uh, Troy's mentioned Richarlison there, obviously being in the path of the ball. Richarlison was offside when yes, Dini went ahead the ball. Yeah. And we've got a comment here from Gary Bridgen who says, with the, with the penalty, wasn't there an offside behind Ward? And actually, with the Eric Dyer one, which we keep coming back to, they looked for offside for when Carroll was heading the ball and decided he wasn't. And fair enough, it was very tight. Why didn't they do that for the Joel Ward one? Because they'd have seen that clearly Richardson's offside. And my understanding, and Andy might come in here because he's got the rules of the game in front of him, probably imprinted in his head, is that once... I'm starting not to like Andy. He doesn't deserve it, but I'm starting not to like him. You've got onto that train a lot quicker than most people do, Troy. (laughs) (laughs) Shady, at least a couple of years, it's only taking you two podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Enders, surely the game... Stops dead. If there's an offside, the game stops dead. So the handball yeah. is is, yeah. is void. Well, again, you've you know, you you've got a referee who's supposed to know these things. You know, this is a as what Troy's saying. It's like you know you you've got a referee who's supposed to be refereeing the game, and it just seems like they're too scared to make decisions. They go to a screen. They're too scared. Everybody's scared. Everybody's scared about getting things wrong, and they'll yeah. just go with what they what they think they should be doing. And it's just, and and I think what Troy said earlier on was exactly what should happen. Somebody needs to go against the grid. Somebody, a referee, needs to stand up and go, no, that, that is not a penalty. That's not a penalty, or that is a penalty, or whatever the decision is. And just go, go against what people would expect them to say, but say what everybody else is saying. If you kind of know what I mean, yeah. Well, it's just, I, I it just, think we've it, seen. It, it needs somebody with some balls. It needs somebody with some balls to actually do something. Now it's fine for Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker to talk about a match today. It's fine for us to talk about on a podcast. And I'm sure there's a hundred other podcasts around the country who are all saying the same thing. But ultimately, we're just all moaning. It needs somebody who can actually make a difference to do something about it. And and as much as Roy can be eloquent and Jose or Jose, whatever he's called, can moan about it, <laughs> as, as as Jose, yeah, as, <laughs> and, and all these and, and the players, it needs the referees. It needs that referee. It needs somebody within that organisation to say these rules are wrong. We've we've got to sort it out now because this is this is messing this is messing everybody up. It's, it's ruining the game, and it is ruining the game. It really is. Well, full I don't style. think I've seen yet that I can remember a referee going to a monitor and actually not changing the decision. I can't. I can't remember seeing a ref going to the monitor no, and, was, going, and going, were, "Oh, I got it right." No, no, I'm, I'm going to stick my decision. They always seem no. There, to there, there was one. There was that. There was that red card um, in our game when he gave somebody a red card and then looked to the VAR. Rescinded the red card. Yeah, yeah. No, but he, that's my point. He still changed his mind. I've not seen a referee go to a monitor and, All right. and stick with his decision. And overruled the oh, I see what you mean. All right, I see what you mean. Yeah, can I, can I just... Um, I, there is an element of me, and don't judge me here, that's got a teeny bit of sympathy for the officials. Oh. Teeny bit. And I did say don't judge me, so I can see the way all three of you are looking at me at the corner of your eyes. Troy, yeah. you're judged. You know... <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because all of a sudden... Remember in the good old days when rules were rules, and at the end of every season, the rules were still the rules, and when you began the new season, the rules were still the rules. Yeah, they were exactly the same. But after every season now, there are 150, and I'm trying to be kind, changes. So at the moment, the offside law and the uh, handball law is the ones that they really want to piss about with. They really want to mess about with our brains. So handball was complicated last season as we knew. Um, and it's now become even more complicated. So some of us who maybe are not as close to Andy's computer as, as anyone else would still think we're working on last season's handball. Yeah. 
but we're not. We're now working on this season's handball. Yeah. So that's incredibly difficult for the players. That's incredibly difficult for the managers. And it has to be incredibly difficult for the referees. And it's not right that year after year, the rules keep getting changed because I've had sit down, have a cup of tea and a biscuit and decide how can we mess about with their it's brains true, this season. True. That's true. And, and by the way, that's some vendors on that. Is so, it? At least said about that, the better. Yeah. So it's that's the thing for me is that We'll come to it, and they don't meet again till March. So get used to whatever's happening at the moment. Oh, um, okay. And then next season, we'll find out that there's another change. It's true. I'm... And then Andy's going to have to get the rules up again. <laughs> I remember when they changed the kickoff uh, from backwards to forwards, which just seemed like a completely. What, what there have been a hundred. The why? <laughs> the there have been a hundred law amendments since 2016. Wow. wow. One hundred. Okay, Andy, look. Which is in a really good athletic piece this week uh, by Stuart James yeah, but, about but okay. the amendments that the handball. This week, Andy, so we don't, we don't mention it. So <laughs> it was by a publication whose name uh, other publications are available <laughs> or something. Uh, by an undefined writer. You can maybe Google it. Just Google stat. Just you take my word for it. Stat. Don't read it. Just don't read it. Much. Listen, Andy, let me put this point to you then from CPFC Boiling, who has said. Um, is a lack of they've edited their name there, um, which is helpful. Um, is, we all know who they are. Um, is a lack of supporters in the stadium making it easier for referees to give decisions that they know will be unpopular? And I was thinking that earlier. Would would he have given that decision had there been eight thousand people in the homestead shouting at him? Well, I think he probably would. I mean, you would just think back to Arsenal away last season when that Socrates decision is given yeah. and, and and we end up benefiting massively and that was given against the home team um obviously not everyone can see it at the time but fans can't really see the monitors of what's being looked at while in the stadium anyway and fans will inevitably howl with discontent if anything's given against their team i think referees are a little bit uh acclimatized to that um i, I just think it's it's a combination of trying to bring in this technology, which does sometimes work quite well, but doing so quite quickly. And while all of those laws are changing all the time. And also, I, I just think there's a, a fundamental problem here that the off, that the, sorry, not the offside rule, but that the handball law has just become overly complex. And no one quite understands yeah. what the different parts of it mean. I mean, mm. that, to a certain extent, I think IFAB needs to go back to the drawing board and say, well, what is it that we're seeking to address by that rule? Not looking at all these different little limbs of the test and all these different complexities of body positions and all that sort of stuff. Start with what is it that we're seeking to penalise? Yeah. And if they start with that and go back to the drawing board, they might end up with a coherent handball rule that people understand. And at that point, then hopefully it's taken out of the hands of the referees in terms of uh, us all criticising their interpretation of unnatural body positions or whatever. It's taken out of us uh, the, the hands of just criticising someone operating a computer in Stockley Park. And we can actually get back to saying, well, you know, that that instance of a handball was a handball or wasn't a handball. Yeah, absolutely agree. Although, interesting, Troy, what you were saying about the IFAB not meeting until March. That means basically pack your fantasy team with penalty takers until March. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> yeah. So well, is... I was speaking to Sales here about this, Adam Sales, and he, he says his view is that he's actually perfectly happy with it, is the way it is, because he thinks that players would just become used to chipping the ball up into people's hands or purposefully aiming for their hands. And, you know, you talk about highly skilled elite athletes who doing that sort of thing isn't beyond their skill set. <laughs> you will start seeing that more yeah, and more. No, and come faster only, that stage. Like, like I said, though, you know, it, you know, in, in we're trying to make a laugh and joke of it, and I think it's the only way to do once you've seen it, but that Calvert-Lewin one is not being picked up anywhere. Yeah. It's not being picked up anywhere, and, and it's as smart and as clever a handball as you can see. So, for me, 
you know, we all talk about consistency, don't we? And the consistency in what happens. And eventually we'll just go, well, OK, at least they're being consistent. They didn't give one in the Arsenal-West Ham game. Uh, a blatant handball. Well, under the rules, I use blatant in, in inverted commas, but a handball that didn't go West Ham's way, if I'm right. I think it was Gabriel, who, who the ball's landed on his arm. His arm's up here. They've gone for it. It's a handball. I would like, and I've always said, I would like the officials or a representative to come out and say why they didn't give that one. Mm. So why didn't you give that one? Because it's the same handball that was in the match, you know, two hours before. And then some way we can begrudgingly go, well, at least he told yeah, exactly. us. Begrudgingly. And it would be begrudgingly, you know, but it's it's just too wishy-washy and, and it's too... I think I almost think they're enjoying the fact that we're de- debating it and discussing it on all the variety of platforms that they are, from the established to to the fan platforms. I think they they actually enjoy us debating it because we're talking about them. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what? Let's stop true. talking about them then. Let's stop giving them the attention they desire. Let me just read out two really quick questions, and um, no one has to answer these. I just thought they were funny questions. Um, Son A has said, "What has accidentally touched your hand that you've been penalised for?" Uh, <laughs> and and in a similar vein, Ed Quothetheran, sorry, Ed, has said, What's the worst thing that's happened to you as a result of having your hand or arm in an unnatural position? And I think we'll, we'll leave it to <laughs> listeners' imagination, but I thought they were worth a readout. Um, okay, guys, <laughs> brilliant part one there. I think we've covered a lot of ground, and that was some very, very good chat. Um, in part two, we've got questions from our listeners. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the Funny Pan Podcast. Pod 351, uh, and of course, this week sponsored by Eternity Home Finance. For a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages and property portfolios, email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Um, Now, before we get into uh, questions from our listeners, um, I've got uh, something I want to talk about in part one, but obviously we talked a lot about VAR, so I've moved into part two. Troy, that is Andros's form this season he has hit the ground running massively and i thought it's timely having you on because i'd really like to know your thoughts on why that's been because i think i think it's fair to say that he and many players last season struggled certainly in the lockdown but i don't think we saw the best of andros last season at this year goal two assists already what do you think that's down to is it more competition for places has there been a tweak in formation back to this 442 or is it just one of these things that Forbes sort of comes and goes? I think I think it's a bit of all of what you've said. Um, I think it's a bit of the overlap of, you know, you never you never understand and appreciate what a player might go through when they're injured. 
um, not being able to come back in the shape and form that you'd left, um, struggling to get back into the side, you know, so actually coming back but not playing football and then getting thrust into the limelight and having to play again, you know, there's a lot. And whilst I appreciate the comments from fans because they're embedded in the game and, and everything Crystal Palace and they just want to see 110% from everybody and a performance that, that makes the fact that we should be finishing top of the table. You can't have that. And there's a lot that goes into the mechanism of a player. And a lot of that also is due to what goes on in their head as well. So if you're not feeling right in your body, if you know that you're not starting games when before you was, mm. you know, and you were basically a shoe on to be picked more often than not, those things have an impact. And then the little things that you normally do that come off, don't mm. come off, you know, it has an impact. And I think what the the end of the season helped him to do was refresh his mind you know and people will say well we had that during lockdown but the early part of lockdown was an unbelievable experience you know and getting back into the side and then you know playing away at Liverpool where we were shooting to get smashed we were judged all the you know he was being judged all the time so that being able to refocus that having a, a pre-season and being fit and and understanding and appreciating that your body seems to be back to the levels that you expect of it the preseason games, the opportunity just to feel a little bit free um, and, you know, express yourself in a different way than maybe you couldn't do with three points were on were on the line. And to be honest with you, I think the crate in the early goal against Southampton must have boosted his confidence unbelievably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there it is. It's something we've worked on, um, you know, and he spoke about working on it and I've delivered the perfect cross and someone's got on the end of it and tucked it away. Yeah. So there's your confidence straight away. Now I can do things because I know it works. Do you know what I mean? The reason the goal at Man United for me was one of his best finishes, and you may look at it and think, well, Troy, it was a tapping from how many yards? <laughs> because he doesn't score those type of goals. Everything's a weldy or everything's a, 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 you know, a 30-yard or 25-yard or whatever else. And I think those cheap goals are the ones that add that make you go from a 7-8 game as uh, you know goal a season person to 12 13 yeah. 14 yeah. so if you can add a few more of those um that would be great but he just i think with everybody there seems to be this new confidence mm. in the way the style they're being asked to play um i liken it to the time that uh loftus cheek came in and I've, i think i said this on a previous yeah. pod and it just meant there was an extra person with a forward thinking mind that was going to give the opposition something else to think about as well. Eze's done that very well on Saturday. Jeff has come in and looked himself a little bit more in yeah. doing that. And all of a sudden now, there's a focus on both sides. Wilf is occupying people's minds up top. Um, and it just seems like the confidence that they've all got is is where it was at a certain stage when we were on a very good run last season as well. Yeah. Andros likes to contribute. Yeah. You know, no one likes to sit on the bench, no one, bar anybody, and then have that five, ten minutes. But you have to bide your time. Um, and I just think that, you know, he's worked on various parts of his game again. Um, no doubt seen a little bit of the criticism that was labelled at him. I know he has, um, but has also seen the love from within, and that's internally, um, to, to, to help him to, to get back to where he was. And listen, it's three games. Um, I think he's had a very good contribution in all three games. 
Um, and, and long may that continue. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it is great to see him uh, getting back to being amongst the goals and the assists. And, and it does, it amazes me and fascinates me how much confidence plays a part in, in top level football and sport, really, across the board. And I think we see it a lot in this Palace squad. I think we're. We're full of uh, a team and players that, that thrive on confidence. Maybe that's the same for all teams. I don't know, probably it is, but we do. Not, we not see... necessarily. Yeah, I think. Yeah, not necessarily to cut across you, Dave. Dave. I, I always, I used to always used to say about this Palace team that no, no matter under Roy, no matter what had happened the previous game. So let's say we stunk the previous game. We always seem to come out and look a confident side the very next game. It's almost like it didn't have the impact. Lockdown it did, but I'm going to excuse lockdown for everybody, if you don't mind. So let's just forget those games even happened. <laughs> I'd, I'd love right? to. I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> let's just forget they even have. But we, we've got the mentality and the, and the ability in the side means that they're a confident bunch anyway. Do you know what I mean? And, and like I said, with Wilf, with Eze now, with Jeffrey, with Andros, with Ayu, you know, we've got Bachawai back who hasn't even clicked yet. You know, he hasn't had a lot of football, so we're not expecting him to click straight away. Benteke came on. You look at the forward-thinking players now, and very much, JD, that that competition for places mm. always ups your levels anyway. Yeah, of always ups your levels. And it will do for the players in the centre of the park where Luke is not playing and where uh, Gyro has just come back. Because those two, what do you call them, James? The, the Mac the the brothers? What do you the call Mac them? lads. The Mac lads. The Mac lads. <laughs> Our apps, I've got to give it to them. Um, and, and obviously, MacArthur is someone who has been embedded in Palace yeah. history. McCarthy, if I get it right, um, is is a rattler. You know, he's a rattle and bones man. He, he he's gonna, you know, he's gonna stick fingers around you. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna upset your game. <laughs> yeah, you know, because we're talking about hands, so I thought I'd talk about fingers. Um, but he's gonna upset your game. So those confident players are gonna go whack. Who is that? Ah, oh, that little git. Whack. That little git again. And all of a sudden, you start to think, where is he? Where's the little git? So you're not focusing on what you're supposed to be doing because the little git is now around, right around your ankles. Do you know what I mean? Um, I do like our centre midfield players to have a bit better ability on the ball. And when I say on the ball, they're in there for a reason in terms of their quality and their passing. Um, but they're in there for a reason because the other four can do that. And, and, and I don't have an issue with that at all. So I liken it again when we had Kabai in there. Mm, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. could pass between lines. Yeah. yeah. Pass between lines. Do you know what I mean? Do the unexpected. Could be looking somewhere else and slide one down the line that you, you know, all those kind of things. But listen, we've got a lovely balance in the squad and the transfer window's not, not over yet, is it? So we've got a, we've got a little while to indeed, go. Indeed, indeed. Um, well, look, Andy, speaking of one of Andros's assists, which obviously was the corner on Saturday, which Kiate headed in the back post, um, Joey Drews has said, have we finally turned a corner into a goal? <laughs> Very nicely put, Jerry. That Very good. Beautiful. Um, and then Robin Mickelberg has said, can you make Mr. Street eat his corner statistic? Live on air. That in reference to me saying that you should take every corner short because statistically you score more from them. I believe so. But you see, we've, we've only had three games, you see. So we need to now revert back to my plan for the remaining 35 games <laughs> and uh, my stat will come good. Or if you could actually just keep saying those stats uh, and Palace would just do the opposite, I'm guessing, in the subsequent game, which would be great. So if you could do, do a stat about well, the thing is, goals. We, we, we quite often complain as Palace fans, don't we, that... We watch lots of corners where the ball sort of floated in and no one attacks it. I mean, that that corner on Saturday couldn't have been anything further from that uh, that usual state of affairs as part of Palace fans are concerned because it was a wonderful ball in and then Keate just absolutely goes through the ball, doesn't he? So, uh, you know, if we can continue with deliveries like that and 
players making runs into the box to really attack that sort of ball, then we may end up uh, being somewhat more effective from direct corners. And, and maybe we shouldn't then take them all short. I might then eat my words. <laughs> that, that, that is the quickest Andy Street has ever backtracked wow. on, a, on a statement, wow. I think, that I've ever, in the 18 years that I've, that I've known you. Um, no, I wasn't backtracking. <laughs> it, it, that's a, it's an Andy Street backtrack. That's as much as you'll get from you, I think. Um, well, look, uh, James, just on Kiarte, yeah. and we, we did touch on this last week, and we actually we get we questions every week on this. Um, Palace yeah. Vids has said uh, Kiarte is better at centre back, and Crumply Addo has said not a question, more of an observation. There's been mentions of Kiarte at centre back on recent pods, like it's an odd spot for him. For us, maybe, but he's played there for a lot of clubs and for Senegal nearly exclusively. So he's pretty much a natural there. Hopefully he stays there all season based on the first few games. Love you all. Bye. Kiss. That's a lovely, <laughs> lovely nice. message. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, is, it is weird. Yeah, it's, um, I didn't really expect him to play there, but he's, he's certainly doing his part, isn't he? He's certainly doing his part there. And he's um, really, I mean, it's, again, I think it's what Troy's talking about. It's that confidence and he's just going through the whole team. And I think, you know, if you're, a footballer, you can you can play most positions, and and he's he's played a lot. He's obviously played a lot there at centre back, and um, and he's got the right stature for it. Um, and again, you know, he's there to do a job. He's he's doing a job. He's got people around him brimming with confidence. Therefore, he is as well. And long may it continue. And you know, and I think it's always hard to um to change a winning squad as well. So a, a winning team rather. Um, so it's gonna be, it's gonna be weird to. I can't see him getting dropped, say, for the game at the weekend, or, or, or moved, anyway. No, I can't either. Uh, Troy, you were nodding along there when you said about him playing centre-back at Senegal. I actually hadn't realised that at all, but, I mean, it, it does make sense. You look at how I, comfortable he is there. Do you know... Uh, the, the, sorry, who was the person that asked the question? <laughs> I've deleted it. <laughs> all right, you've that one. All right, no um, <laughs> Just making sure Robin, you're doing your it job. Was Robin, that's Robin. Uh, yeah, Robin, yeah, yeah. Robin was spot on <laughs> with his analysis of uh, Coyote because I've been calling for him to be moved backwards uh, privately, uh, you know, to be moved back because he is the mould of the centre-back that I think we like. Um, you know, he's tall, he's elegant, he's good on the ball, but he can also head it. He reads the game really well. And I think sometimes we get muddled up with the same person in the middle of the park, which means all of a sudden they become not effective as what we want them to be. So he's not a makeshift centre-back. He absolutely knows his trade mm. there, as you can see. Um, I don't think he put a... If he did put a foot wrong on Saturday, I can't remember it. If he did put a foot wrong against Man United, I can't remember it. Um, so for me, it's almost like now, who do you pair him with? You know, and Sacco's come back and done really well. And hopefully that the, the lads Cahill is not too far away. But I don't think you can move away from Kyoto because other than that, you're saying, well, you're just a stopgap, and then you might not get a place in our, the middle of our, our, you know, in the midfield. And I think he he has proved that he's he's now his know how he's how comfortable he is as well on the football. Yeah. Centre backs in this day and age have to be comfortable on the football. We're not a side that uh, we want our centre backs to smash it down the pitch on a regular occur- occurrence because we don't have the ability to hold up in the manner that some teams do at the other end of the pitch. So I uh, listen, he's been um, a revelation. Um, and again, playing in a confident side, yeah. 
always makes you stand out that more as well, you know? Definitely. Yeah, I agree. And I think James is right. I can't see him being moved. Roy likes to keep a winning team, likes to keep yeah. a confident team together. So I'd be very surprised if he's moved. And he's been absolutely fantastic. He's, it's, it's interesting. Troy was saying is that um, he's tall and elegant. He's sure some um, Palace fans remember Eric Young. He's got a very Eric Young look about him as well. That sort of tall, elegant, sort of so stride around. So what you're saying is he should wear a, head, wear a yeah. headband? I'm not saying he should wear a headband, no. But <laughs> he's because there was, only, there was only one ninja. But, um, <laughs> but he, ha- he has got that about him. He has got that about him, definitely. But how lucky are we, Andy? We talk about on this podcast almost every week, oh, these two should be sent about, these two should be sent about. And yes, we've had injuries at that, in, the, in that position recently, and it's why having so many options has been uh, been a blessing for us. But we seem to have a lot of players that can play centre-back. They can play together. And now, you know, if it's Kiate and Sacco, two wonderful defenders who can both play on the ball, we are quite sort of lucky and, and sort of stacked there, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, as, as Troy says, the, the centre-backs do now need to be incredibly comfortable. I mean, even goalkeepers now have to be incredibly comfortable on the ball. So centre-backs absolutely have to be yeah. comfortable on the ball. I mean, it's... Uh, I guess somewhat uh, typical Palace, as we always like to say, that <laughs> we somehow stumbled upon actually probably one of our best centre-backs while playing him in central midfield for the last 18 months when he's probably, uh, he's a very good option in central midfield and I'm not wishing to do him any disservice at all, but he looks absolutely wonderful at centre-back for us. And um, I, I kind of only wish that he'd been played there sooner. I think it may just make uh, those concerned with recruitment and coaching of the squad maybe rethink the options that they have available to them and how they might like to tweak things because all of a sudden they, they've realized that wait a minute we actually probably need to be thinking about Kiato as being one of our best centre-backs and potentially at the moment a first name on the team sheet whereas previously he wouldn't have necessarily been mm. considered in that bracket um, but yes it, it, you know it, it's wonderful to have options it's it's great that in a player like him we have some versatility so that if we're short in midfield he could be moved further forward again if need be if we had an injury crisis there he's obviously as i've said they're massively adept at, at center back and been as troy says a complete revelation since he's been moved back there speaking of the recruitment team at palace and options we obviously have a few days left until the transfer window slams shut as when so- is it shut when is it is it the first oh. Okay. Um Selhurst Exile is actually the only person this week who has sent us a transfer question, which I think might be a record for this podcast over the last <laughs> Well that yeah, but, but that actually years. just no, but that just proves that everybody's happy with how we're doing. Is that is that a good thing? I, I certainly so far, I think our yeah, transfer yeah. so far has been very promising. Well, James, let me put you his question to you then. He said, okay. uh, which position should be our priority to strengthen? A striker, a winger or creative midfielder? I think we're missing someone to drive through central midfield. And I think creative passes. midfielder without a doubt. I would say creative midfielder. We definitely, we're missing, Troy mentioned uh, Johan Kabay earlier on. I mean, we're missing somebody like that. We, we talk about the Mac lads um, and they're doing so well. But you just they just lack that bit of creativity. You just need somebody who can just do it. You look at James Rodriguez, who was playing for Everton. This, that ball he did for their first goal was amazing. Mm. And you just you, you just need somebody who could just control the game. And we've got a, an amazing team at the moment with an, an abundance of forwards. We've just been talking about how how 
strong we are in the centre of defence and we've got great on the wings and everything like that. There's that little bit of creativity we're missing in the middle of the park because you, you can be tough and you can you can bark like Troy's very good at barking um, and you can do a lot of barking, but sometimes you need to put your head above and just look for that pass and do it. And I think that's that's what I'd be looking for, a central midfielder. A creative midfielder. Can I say that I could play a bit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 can I just, I'm not just a barker, I could play a bit. Yeah. All right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I apologise, Troy. Uh, Troy, if we start an FYP team, you're in. You're in, definitely. Just bring on for the last minute, that'll do. Yeah, alongside me, because that's sort of like yeah. a do as well. Um, all right, Troy, we'll just briefly on transfers because we, we get a lot of questions on transfers and it's very hard for us on this podcast really to talk too much about them. We don't know the workings of the club and we, we, we could often say who we like and stuff, but without giving too much away, are you confident that there'll be more activity? It's been very good so far, hasn't it? I think there will. Um, I, I think the focus may have changed because I think that they, a centre-back would have come in. And I think mm. the, the job that Kyoti has done has kind of said, well, maybe that's not a prior, as, mu- as much as a priority as what we, we feel. Interesting. Um, when you think that, obviously, we've got Cahill to come back, Tompkins to come back, uh, Kelly's there if needed, um, Sacco's there, obviously. That's five players that can play there. The only thing about those five players is that three of them are, you know, pick up injuries quite quite easy and susceptible to injury. So, but five in terms of moving forward to to to, you know, to get through the course of a season is, is more than enough. And then when you think that one of those can also play in midfield and one of those can play in fullback areas, that's not too bad. Obviously we've got Nathan Klein who's training at the moment. Um, who knows what that might do that it might be, it might not. We've got Fergie who Nathan Ferguson, who's obviously still injured at the moment. So will be like a new signing because he hasn't actually put on a shirt yet for us. Mm. Um, I see that creativity as probably as Enders has said as, as the one, um, but it depends, doesn't it? Because there's a lot of rumours about outgoings as well, in particular a centre-forward who mm. may leave. So if he does leave, do we need to replace with a centre-forward? No, not mention no names, but he plays for Liverpool. Um, do we mm. need to replace with that lad? Um, as you know, that age range thing comes down again and someone that could potentially be at this football club for five-plus years, you know, if he does if he does right, or, or maybe two years if he smashes it and someone nicks him yeah. you know so it's one of those I would identify a creative player um, because I think that could be the final piece of the jigsaw that keeps us competitive and, and you know where we are in the league that would be nice wouldn't it absolutely yeah. absolutely well we'll see over the next few days I mean hopefully there will be a bit more activity and as Troy says I think there might be ingoings and outgoings as well but we will see uh, what happens and obviously next week if we put on Tuesday, we can review uh, the transfer window. Marvellous, marvellous. Um, James, final question then for this week yep. comes from Timmy161. Hi, Timmy. And he says, the only positive from an empty stadium is hearing Ray Lewington constantly yeah. <laughs> push the lads on. Uh, P.S. We were robbed from what ultimately would have been an offside. Had that, yes, we've we've done that to me. Um, yes, I have to say, Enders, the highlight for me actually of uh, no fans being in the stadium, and I always pick stadium noises over artificial. Yeah, crowd, always, always, is hearing always. Roy at in the May United game. You heard him shout "Gone, Schluppy!" so loud when he went down the wing to cross for Andrews. Yeah, yeah. And um, to be honest, when crowds come back, I'm going to miss hearing. If we can get a live feed from Ray somehow, because <laughs> it's it, it, it's just great. Yeah, it, it is great. And also, I remember, you know, I know when I go and see, say, non-league football or lower league football, which I do when Palace are not at home or 
if I'm visiting my family up north, I'll go and see Halifax Town or something. And one of the things I love about going to those games of the low leagues is that you can you can hear the players, you can hear the managers. It just it just makes you feel more involved and more part of it. And it's it's something that I think people are are really understanding a little bit more about the game. They're seeing how hard it is, how physical it is, and how and how everybody's barking orders at each other. Here I go, I'm barking again. Sorry, Troy. <laughs> but everybody's like chucking orders at each other. And these things happen. And yes, and you get great characters coming out. Yeah, yeah. And you're hearing about people that you, that you wouldn't normally think would be that 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 allowed and that's and it's just it's it's just a really great way of and it is the it's the big positive about no crowds it's the really is for me it's the the main positive is being able to hear the not just the coaches but also the players as well and and also just not hearing all those horrible chants that most footballers football fans usually sing <laughs> all true. that nonsense that you know which i'm i'm not missing at all um if 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 ray lewington when he leaves football wants to go into life coaching i would happily hire Ray Lewington as my own life coach to bark orders at me during the day. I would get so much done in my life. Um, I would love my own personal Ray Lewington. Right, let's wrap up questions. There. That's so weird. That's so why weird. people listen to the pod, mate. It's why people you are listen. So, you are so weird, JD. Thanks, man. That's going straight. If you want to pay me to shout at you every day, I'm more than happy to take up that mantle, JD. No, well, I've had that for a long time and you're the one person that I don't need shouting from. So um, let's have a break. A very short one. <laughs> and afterwards, we're going to quickly preview uh, Palace's trip to Chelsea. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the 5-Year Plan Podcast. Uh, Sponsored this week by Eternity Home Finance for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages or property portfolios. Email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Uh, Right, so Palace face Chelsea uh, on Saturday in a 12.30 kickoff. Um, Troy, a game that on paper is a difficult one and in recent years we have... Uh, not not got brilliant results at the bridge. I think the last time we won there was 2017 under Sam, I think, when Benteke chipped yeah, the keeper. Um, yeah. We've been close to them in recent games. The West Brom game that they had at the, at the weekend, where they were 3-0 <laughs> down at half-time, they recovered to, to win 3-0. Thiago Silva having a bit of a nightmare uh, start in the Premier League and struggling. Were there any positives that Palace can take from that West Brom game into this game? And actually, seeing how much they struggled... Could it be a game that actually maybe we could finally get something? You know what? I tend not to focus on the opposition and focus on us. And I think what we've done at Stamford Bridge is pay far too much respect to Chelsea. Mm. You know, we uh, the, the victory, Sam's victory was a brilliant game, wasn't it? You know, we were 2-1 up early doors and, and after going one down and basically hung on. But it was such a real good defensive performance that I'm not even sure if I can remember far back three years ago that Chelsea caused us immense problems as such but every time I watch us now particularly going to Stamford Bridge it's like we pay them too much respect 
and in paying them too much respect, which they absolutely don't deserve, by the way, uh, they find that little chink in the armory and get themselves one up and we can't recover. You know, the 2-0 last year was one of the most disappointing results because mm. I thought they were awful. I thought they were awful in getting that result and I thought we were awful, awful in giving them the result. So let's not pay them the respect that they believe they deserve and let's do what West Brom done which was absolutely get in their faces you know if we can replicate what happened at Old Trafford in terms of early doors press you know trying to win the thing high up the pitch seeing if we can get a couple of efforts in on whoever will be in goal um, and they've now got three choices for goalkeeper mm. unfortunately we won't get the Kepa goalkeeper that's for sure <laughs> um, then we can cause pro- pro- problems a team like that it's best to go one up than chase the game you know, so a team like that, it's best to get ahead and then ask them questions. What you got? What you got to break us down? And obviously, West Brom cum- crumbled in that scenario. But I don't think we would have crumbled in that scenario at all, because the more they came at us, the more we would have been able to exploit the spaces in and behind. The unfortunate thing is that we won't meet a Chelsea that's that bad. There's no way they can be that mm. bad in that 45 minutes again. Mm. Um, yes, they've got to play Spurs in the carrier bag cup to start with, but. <laughs> Listen, who, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But yeah, I, I, I want to focus up. more on... <laughs> that is genius. I want to focus more on us than them and just say, please just go in the game with the confidence that we've shown throughout the fee- pre-fixtures so far. Yeah. I'm calling it the Carrier Bank <laughs> Cup from now on. I'm calling, great. <laughs> I love the Carrier... I'm actually now going to start watching the Carrier Bank <laughs> Cup. <laughs> For so any Carrier I, Bags. Yeah. I, re- I just can't wait for the final, the, the actual final, where they walk on the pitch with a Carrier Bag. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, um, brilliant, Troy. Thank you. You really have made my day. Uh, <laughs> Andy, um, Troy's right. Yes. Palace have... Palace and West Brom, actually, have both given Palace the blueprint actually to play this game because it's exactly what they did against Man United going early, getting that goal and then saying to them, what have you got? And I think Palace's record since going ahead in games is they've won the last 21, 22 games or something since they've, they've gone ahead. So actually that is exactly our game plan for going to top six teams. And it worked so well at Man United. So you, you can only imagine that they might try and do the same thing at Stamford Bridge. Well, I was going to actually make the parallel with Man United because in the same way that, United looked incredibly vulnerable to the counter against us. I think Chelsea did against West Brom, and I would see him doing so again against us. I mean, they've signed Thiago Silva, who in his pomp was brilliant and is still a very good defender, but is 35 and playing high up the pitch or trying to play high up the pitch. I, I think that there will be an opportunity there, particularly early on, to really give them a good rocking. And if we can get ahead, then... As, as we did against United, where we kept on exploiting them on the counter, I would expect us, as, as Troy says, to be able to do the same to, to Chelsea. So I'd be really disappointed if we approach this game with, with fear or any form of conservatism, because yeah. I think that they are very much there to be attacked. And we shouldn't be at all scared when, when we press them high and when we win the ball back, really to commit them forward, because I, I don't think they'll like that. And they do not look like a Chelsea team of three, five, seven years ago in terms of how they defend. They look extremely precarious to me when they've just lost possession. They look precarious to me when they are dealing with pace. And I, I think we can make an impact there. Yeah, I agree. They're a good going forward. They've got plenty of riches, but they still have issues um, at the back. Again, similar to Man United, you know, mm. United have an, a wonderful array of attacking talent and we're able to, 
uh, you can keep the likes of Greenwood on the bench and bring him bring him on. So, similarly, Chelsea have some brilliant attacking players. You you have to give those sorts of players respect. We can't take them lightly. But equally, like United, I do think they've got a bit of a, a soft underbelly that we can expose. Yeah, I agree. I find it weird actually that centre keeper and centre back was or and defence was such an issue for Chelsea this year. And um Getting Thiago Silva is such a bizarre signing for me. I don't really get it. Um, Enders, let's. Uh, I was going to say let's talk about the lineup for Palace. I think we can all agree it's probably going to be the same lineup, isn't it? We I know it's it so this, well maybe. now. Yeah, I imagine it'll be the same. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't really like to see any changes. Actually, I think that team's working well. And again, I just want to echo what everybody's saying about how we started the game against Manchester United. You know, I always harp on this podcast about Palace. It's just you know, just we have so much talent. first 15 minutes every game and every now and again it works so, uh, I, hang on you uh you sorry you disappeared there james from, did I disappear? we've, got so, we've got so much talent oh yeah um, yeah we have it's the most incisive i've ever been actually uh it's most erudite but anyway, it doesn't matter you just lost connection <laughs> No, I was saying. I was just saying we've got we've got so much talent going. For, can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, we've got so much talent going forward that I, I've always harp on these podcasts about going for the juggler in the first twenty minutes. Is exactly what we did against United, and it's exactly what we should be doing against Chelsea. Do what West Brom did, but we haven't. You know, but we will not crumble defensively like West Brom did because we've got a great defence. Have we just been talking about? Um, I I think we'll win two one. Oh, very bold. Um, well, look, speaking of. A squad of lots of talent. This podcast has had bundles of talent this week. So thank you so much for joining me. Troy, it's been great to have you on. And as I said, you are pretty much our most requested guest. So I hope you'll come on again because it's always a pleasure having you on. Thank you to everybody. Yeah, no, absolute pleasure. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Troy. And and I really enjoyed your barking early on. It was brilliant. (laughs) I will never be able to look at you the same way again. I'll just see some snappy Jack Russell at my feet. There's Troy. There's Troy. Oh, there's, oh, there's Troy. <laughs> I apologise now for anyone that's, that's listening. Well, I can't because this will be at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and as people know, we don't do editing on this podcast. So, um, right, Andy and James, thank you as ever thank for you. joining thank us. You. Pleasure. Uh, and thank you Pleasure. as well to Eternity Home Finance for sponsoring this week's podcast uh and thank you to the listener for listening as ever and thanks for your questions uh, enjoy the rest of your week the post-match pod will be with the patrons after the game and we'll be back next week to talk about more palace stuff and probably more var uh anyway take care and <laughs> we'll see you again soon goodbye bye bye, bye. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.